Trigger warning, part of this episode discusses self-harm and suicidal ideation. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance in thinking of acting on suicidal thoughts, please call treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence, such as 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline in the United States, or Lifeline 131114 in Australia. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Please do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. Am I okay, especially this episode, is intended for mature audiences as it discusses topics that can be emotional and upsetting. Content shared in this podcast does not reflect or represent the views and opinions of medical practitioners or other experts in mental health. This podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as medical advice nor is the information as substitute for professional expertise or treatments. Hi Karen. Hi Chris. Nice to see you again. You too. I feel like I really got out a lot from our last session and I couldn't wait for this catch-up. I am looking forward to hearing about how you came to terms with dealing with what was going on in your headspace and you're looking after your mental health. As we realized by now, any health issues affects mental health. So I've been looking forward to hearing about the next layer of this journey of yours. Yes. Where were we the last time we spoke? You were talking about how you were feeling numb and how you've heard about the difference between sadness and depression. Yeah. I want to start with that again. Yeah. That is really important. Depression and sadness. Yeah. Many people think that when you are depressed, it's just a matter of being sad. That's right. But there is a difference. It's okay to be sad. We feel sadness. It's just the same as we feel happy. It's an emotion. Sadness is an emotion. I think depression, in my opinion, I'm not a medical professional. It's more of a mental state. Mm -hmm. Being depressed is a mental state. I knew I was depressed when I wasn't feeling joy. I wasn't feeling happy. I wasn't feeling sadness. I wasn't feeling anything. Yeah. No matter what I did, especially running or exercising, we all feel better afterwards. And even that was not giving me that burst of energy that I usually get after an exercise. Yeah. That's when I knew I needed help. I started to look for a therapist. I thought that was a good start. Go to a therapist. Unfortunately, these days, I guess therapists are overwhelmed with patients as well. And when I called about 30 therapists on the list covered by my insurance, yeah, all of them had a waiting list. Wow. I knew I needed help. I can hold on for three months. Yeah. So I went to my primary care doctor, or as you call it there, your GP. Correct. I figure, okay, I can't go to a therapist. I'll go to her. She could point me to go mm-hmm. to the right direction. I go there. They're very accommodating and very understanding of the issue. They know the urgency of the situation. Yeah. When I was there, they had me answer questions 
there was a questionnaire that I had to answer. Then from there, I guess they would be able to see the level of depression that I'm going through or if I'm going through depression. Yeah. That's what I assume it was. First question. I can't even remember the first question. It's about my mental state at that moment. Let's just say, I'm just making this up. Are you feeling sad today? And my inclination was to say, no, I'm okay. Wow. I actually have to stop. I have to pause and think about what she was asking me. I have to think about what I was going to answer. Finally, when I answered, because I realized this is it. I'm asking for help. I need to be honest. Yeah. Even then, I didn't want to admit it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm still not accepting mm. it. I don't know. That my inclination was to say, oh, no, I'm good. But obviously, I'm there. So I finally said, I'm not okay. So right after I said that, right after I answered the first question, honestly, it was easier to answer the other question. Honestly, I felt vulnerable. Every question was opening myself up to someone else besides myself. I thought that was pretty intense. Yeah. One of the questions there was, do you ever think or have you considered or do you ever consider harming yourself? And I said, no, no. That was the only question you just needed to answer yes or no. But I had to add, let me tell you why it's a no, because even that takes too much energy to think about. And I don't even have the energy to plan that. That's how badly I felt. Was the underlying answer to that then was yes, you had the desire, but just not the energy? No, no. I really didn't even... Okay. So it was still a no either way. Yeah, it was a no. I guess it could be different levels. It could be just because two people will answer no doesn't mean we're in the same boat. Yes. It's probably still. But for me, it's a no because really that's how dead I felt which is not the right word, but no pun intended. Or how numb you felt. That's how numb I felt. And so I was diagnosed with depression. From there, she was able to write me a prescription to a therapist who's working within that group. It's one of those setups where you go to a doctor and because you're written a prescription, then you go to the therapist and they see you right away. Got me in the appointment the same day. Is that what you call it over there or is it a referral? It's a referral. Yeah. So she had to write me a prescription and I was able to see the therapist immediately. Yeah. They were able to make an appointment. So that doesn't mean a prescription for a medication, but a referral to a therapist. Correct. Correct. It's a referral. That's the right word, actually. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that that's a therapist and not medication. Yeah. And then before I even got to see the therapist, she asked me, are you open to taking medication? Oh, wow. Okay. As you know. I'm not into taking medication. Yeah. I feel like I'm already taking too much medication. I'm not taking anything. Yeah. I'm not taking anything in the past. All of a sudden being diagnosed with all these conditions. Yeah. I started taking a lot. Yeah. I don't know why I mentally, I wasn't okay with it for some reason. Taking medication for this, for, for depression. Mm -hmm. It was so taboo for me. I don't know why. And that was before before that point. You're talking about historically. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it's not a good thing because it would have 
side effects. That's what I hear. Oh, it has side effects when you take it. But think about it. Any medication we take have side effects. Yeah. And I also realized that if I have that medical condition, the autoimmune disease, I need medication for that. It's okay because I needed to treat that. Mm -hmm. It's for this purpose. And then for the cancer, the treatment that I got for the cancer and after I took care of the cancer, then I have to take certain medications after that. And I'm going to be taking this forever. Mm -hmm. That's okay too, because it's for that purpose. Yeah. And that's when I was able to reconcile it in my head that my brain is also an organ and I needed to take care of that. Yeah. If you have an allergy, you have to take care of that and you have to take medication for the allergy. You have a headache. Do you take medication for a headache? Yeah. People with high blood pressure or high cholesterol or gout or diabetes, they take medication to take care of it. Yeah. I figure I was already there and I was asking for help. Any help would do and it's worth trying. The medication was worth trying. And so I did. I said yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, I started feeling good immediately after a week of taking it. Yeah. Now, my medication, the purpose of this is not to be on this permanently. Mm. For now, the goal is to see where I am with the therapy as well. Yeah. But I have to be on this for a year and then after we'll reassess and then perhaps taper off the medicine until when I'm totally off it. We don't know. Yeah. It might even be at the point where we think I need it forever or I need it for a longer period, but I'm okay with that. I wouldn't have been if this was three years ago, five years ago. Yeah. And just like with any ailment, they need to monitor your condition and your mental health to be able to say, yep, you're ready to be weaned off the medication or we need to keep you at it or whatever that might look like, depending on how you progress in the future. Correct. Now that I'm on it and I'm thinking about it, it's the same thing. The brain is also an organ that we need to take care of. Yeah. And if you need to take medication for that to get better, then take it by all means. That's right. I felt better. I felt better. I'm still going through therapy. So I had my therapy in conjunction with the medication. The last therapy I have recently, I told the therapist that I don't need to make the next appointment Mm. and I will just call her as needed because I feel like I'm in a better place. Yeah. Which means that the medication also works. Yes. So the medication along with the exercises and funny thing with therapy is that you, you talk about things that you learn about things that you realize, duh, why do I think of that? (laughs) Yes. These are actually things that are just there. And when you talk to someone else, it's like a, a, a sounding board. Yeah. And they don't tell you what to do. They lead you to the answer. You have to figure it out yourself. Because people are different and we deal with issues differently. And this is why I'm a big proponent for therapy. Yeah. Because you have someone else who just lets you think this through without judgment. I agree. Without any emotion. Yeah. But you're working it out on your own. (laughs) Yeah. 
I remember when I first realized that I had mental health issues, and this is probably going to be a follow-on from the first episode, because that's when I first realized I needed help. I was in denial, just like you were. And my husband suggested that I talk about my work with my primary care provider, which is RGB. And I said, I don't know if this is just stress or depression or whatever it is. My GP immediately knew I needed help and has been recommending that I go on stress leave. But I felt like going on stress leave is like quitting or giving up or admitting that I'm a failure. What prompted me to finally take my doctor's suggestions seriously was when in the middle of a meeting, a telephone conference with my client and my boss was in the same meeting, the client was asking for a lot of things that in my opinion were unreasonable, quite unreasonable, a certain deliverable that she wanted in PowerPoint and in Excel and in Word. And I could not understand that. I had a lot of things on my plate. I was developing this new program alongside with that, and I didn't have the resources I needed. And the weight of all that work was so heavy that I just immediately burst into tears in the middle of that meeting. And that's when I knew this is too much stress, and this is really affecting my mental health. This is burnout. After I broke down in that meeting, that was when I knew I needed to take my doctor's recommendations seriously. He then came out with a mental health care plan. And that's one thing good in Australia because we have universal health care. Sorry, just had to brag about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jealous. (laughs) And I remember he also asked me to fill up questionnaires. And I didn't realize until years later that those questionnaires are widely available on the internet. So at least it can give you an indication of where you are at in terms of your mental health. So he asked me to complete that. And then he came up with a mental health care plan. He suggested that I look up a psychologist that I feel comfortable going to. And then he will write up the referral, so which I did. And he sent me, he gave me a referral. So I went on stress leave and started seeing a psychologist. He also recommended that I take medication, which I refused for the same reasons that you said earlier about, I did feel like I wanted to introduce something into my body that I'm not sure I needed. It's different from, well, you were talking about You need medication for your autoimmune disease. You needed medication for your cancer. You needed medication for all of these other ailments. But the way that my brain processed this was those ailments had tests. You have blood tests. You have scans. You have all of these scientific ways of determining for sure that you have those ailments. And therefore, you needed those medications. That was how my brain processed it. Whereas this one is more a checklist in a questionnaire that you fill up and it's not something that is based on a blood test or a scan that you can actually see 
it's not something that's tangible. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason why I refused the medication. But every follow-up consultation I had with my GP, when he would be asking me about my work situation, he would always recommend medication. At some point, when we talked about early menopause, because I I went through very early menopause, really, really early. So he prescribed me hormone replacement therapy, medication for HRT. I had to take hormone replacement therapy. And that's when it hit me. And I asked him, does menopause cause chemical imbalance that affect my mental health or my happiness chemicals? And he said, yes, 100%. That was the only time that I agreed to take medication. So I started taking the medication. I felt the effect of the medication in a weird way where I felt this strange feeling of happiness that I could say I've only felt probably a handful of times in my entire lifetime until then. And this may sound silly, Karen. In the past, whenever I feel that surge of happiness, which, like I said, was only a handful of times, I thought it was my psychic ability telling me that something good was about to happen. That was how rarely I felt happy in my entire lifetime until then. And that's when I realized I could have been depressed my entire life and just didn't know it. Yeah. And looking back, even while I was still living back home, I remember there were days when I could sleep for more than 24 hours because I just couldn't drag myself out of bed. So I've had this chemical imbalance for as long as I can remember without even realizing it. Did you feel that when we were in high school? Yes, I did. Having had a glimpse of what my family background was like growing up with a very um, strict father. Yeah, I didn't feel like, I never felt happy. I've always felt like I needed to worry about what's going to happen next. So when you say happy, is it in terms of you look at the future on the bright side or you just feel like? Yes, and Physically, I felt light in my chest and also felt like there was no cloud over my head. Mm. I don't know if that even makes sense. Yes. It was like for the first time I could see everything around me clearly. Uh It was easier to be mindful about my surroundings. It was easier to be attentive to what people are saying or what's happening. I felt like a weight was lifted off my chest. Yeah, you weren't numb. So you felt numb. If you felt that cloud over your head, I think for different people, it will be described differently. But I know exactly what you mean, just because I was there. Yeah. And I'm glad you can relate to that because I didn't... You know how sometimes when you're feeling certain things, you think it's not normal and you think you're the only one experiencing that and you're probably making it up in your head. Yes. 
that's why when you asked me in the previous episode if I was already aware of what I was going through, I said no, because I was just going through the motion. Yeah. Because you just think, oh, I'm just having a bad day or this is just an off day. Yeah. You know, it's just circumstances that's causing you to feel a certain way and you don't realize that you are actually going through something. Yeah. Do you still feel the same way now being on medication as you did when you first started it? It's very different today because of all of the other incidents that happened recently and without providing too much detail, which I can't anyway. I dealt with my mental health issues at that time, and this was probably eight years ago now. And before COVID happened, my doctor was already talking about weaning me off my medication. And like I said, because there is a mental health care plan and they assess you as you go, whether or not you still need to continue on medication and your therapy sessions. And at that point, I said, I think I'm okay and I don't need therapy sessions anymore. So I stopped going to my psychologist. And then my doctor was talking about weaning me off my medication. But then COVID hit and he said he was worried because, of course, as we now realize, one of the consequences of COVID is um, plunging into depression. Yeah, one of the effects of it. Yeah, a lot of people have gone into depression as a result of the pandemic, the isolation. It became a catalyst for many people to become depressed. Correct. So I didn't go off the medication and coincidentally, around the same time, I started encountering problems with my work at that time. So this was in another company. And my mental health was severely affected by incidents at work that caused me to go into panic attacks and anxiety attacks so much that I could not stop shaking. I couldn't sleep for days. And my GP had to send me to hospital. Since then, the symptoms of my depression and my anxiety skyrocketed and I needed my medication changed. This time, the heaviness in my shoulders and my chest would not go away. One of the big manifestations of the incidents that happened at work was this feeling of being deprived of your humanity. It was like my humanity was completely disregarded and it made me feel like I was worthless. I kept going through things over and over in my head to the point that I was having headaches that were unbearable and would not go away. And the only relief, brief relief I could get from those headaches were if I bang my head against the wall It came to a point when I thought the only way I can stop my head from aching and from these thoughts flooding my brain is to shoot myself in the head. I felt this need to stop the pain, this intense need to stop the pain. The pain of the headache and not the pain of the inhumane treatment that you felt at work. It was the pain of the headache Mm -hmm. 
and all of the physical manifestations where I can't sleep because of the headaches and because of the activity in my brain. I couldn't stop thinking about all of the incidents and all of the things that were happening at work. Once I was in hospital, that was the first thing that they treated, my sleeping problems, my anxiety attacks, my severe anxiety. I had anxiety medication on top of my medication, and they had to change my medication. In answer to your question about how I feel about my medication today compared to the first time, I was put on the same medication, but at a higher dose. That improved my mood a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't enough. So after a period of time, my GP had to send me back to my psychiatrist to assess my medication. And I was admitted again in hospital for two weeks so that they can monitor my adjustment to the new medication. So they had to give me a medication that will improve not just my mood, but also my drive and motivation. Yes. And did it? Yes, it did. It improved my drive and motivation. At least I can say it's easier to get up in the morning, but I can't say that it's improved my mood a lot. I feel like it had the same effect. But on top of the therapy sessions that I have gone through, and I've gone through a lot, as you know, having been in hospital for four weeks and then another two weeks, at least the therapy sessions I've gone through has helped me assess my situation and what I have gone through to know that this is situational. Hmm, we might pause right there for now. In our next episode, Chris and Karen continue their conversation as Karen asks Chris. Could you clarify what you mean by hospital? Is it a regular hospital? That's a good question because people may think that it is a hospital where you're constantly in bed. Am I okay is intended for mature audiences as it discusses topics that can be emotional and upsetting. Stories, experiences, recollections, opinions or insights shared by us are our own and does not reflect or represent the views and opinions of medical practitioners or other experts in mental health. The podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional expertise or treatments. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Please do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance, please find treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence, such as 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline in the United States and Lifeline or Beyond Blue in Australia. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through our socials and follow us. You'll find our handle in the episode description. Or if there's anything you'd like us to talk more about, you can email us through email at gmail.com. If you have friends or family who you think would be interested in what we share, please tell them about us. They can find our podcast in any directory they get their podcast from. And please go on and rate us. It will let people know about us and find us. Once again, thanks for listening. Cheers.